I'm gonna move all the things. We have we have merch. This is the merch at Mutiny Radio. We have lighters for two dollars. That's our Mutiny Radio merch. People are like, why don't you make T-shirts? Those are expensive, you guys. Lighters are, but lighters are cool, right? And like, I always need lighters. I smoke so much weed. Anybody else smoke so much weed? You guys are all non-stoners, seriously? You've all quit smoking pot? Nobody smokes weed? Moderate amounts? You don't have so much! I am so high all the time. Hey, machine! See, machine knows how you make the wheels run clean. You get the weed in there, and you get it going, uh. I love, I love weed. I actually, I smoke and imbibe so much weed that my poo smelled like cannabis the other day. Like I had the weirdest, usually it smells like IPA, which I don't like. And I'm like, oh, that last, that fourth IPA at 11 PM. What were you doing, Pam? Having fun. Well, I don't have any kids. What else the fuck am I going to do at 11 o'clock? Watching Netflix? Is that what, that's what you guys do. Do you watch a lot of Netflix? Yeah. 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 You're out to comedy shows. Woo! Okay, let me get back. I'd smoke a lot of weed. Uh, yeah, and then, oof, I poo, I poo ace. Ooh, P-U, bad, bad news. I actually, I don't drink whiskey after dark. I have some alcohol rules. I don't have rules with cannabis. I can smoke as much as I want, but I have rules with alcohol. Uh, and one of them is I don't smoke with I don't smoke whiskey after dark. I don't I don't I don't drink whiskey after dark uh, because it turns me into an asshole and my butthole into a gremlin, and it's <laughs> like I actually like sh- I'm like I don't have liquid. I mean I do have I don't have liquid poo anymore because I don't drink whiskey after dark. They're like, is this what we walked in on? Great, that's you guys are in the club. It's dirty in here. I haven't cleaned. I don't do that here. My uh, my body things do smell like uh, cannabis though, which makes me realize that I want to use my body in the way that God intended. Uh, now I don't I don't I don't ever want to have a baby. I don't want to like use my uterus for anything. I'm not gonna let. Oof. I mean I'm 44. I just I, I taught special ed for four years. You know what I mean? I know I know the future when you're 44 and you have a baby. Like I don't even have to use the offensive word that I earned as a special ed teacher for four years. I should be able to use the word retard. Retard is the word. What I'm saying is at 44 I shouldn't have a baby because I I dealt with autism. It's not fun. Uh, it's, but it's I think that just what comes with like God was like you entitled rich white women. We're gonna give you autistic children. They're even more entitled. It's so great. They're like this ice cream is cold. <laughs> I I hang out with them, so I'm allowed to say these things. I'm sorry. It's. Like, it's going to be like the new racist, and they're going to be like, you are not being artist-friendly. I'm like, I am so artist-friendly. Are you kidding me? Okay, back to my things. I'm not going to birth anything, because I'm a terrible person. But when, when I go through menopause, I want to get a tattoo to commemorate my uterus's non-use of, like, a tiny skeleton baby kitten. <laughs> like a tiny, like a curled-up baby kitten with, like, its little bony tail. I want to birth a kitten. Okay, so I want to use my body in the way God intended to mean that I want to, I want to breastfeed. I, I don't want to breastfeed. I just want to create milk. Like women have nipples to create milk. Cows have nipples to create milk. Okay, so I want to make breast milk cheese. I want to, I want to, I want to save the vegans is what I'm getting at. Cashew cheese is not cheese, but this is 100% consent-based milk. This is like, I'm saying, I mean, vegans breastfeed their children, right? Because they're giving consent. They're like, I am feeding you. They're not like an animal that they're like, Anna, give it, 
murder, we're murdering your children and stealing your milk and giving it to our babies. It's uh, I was so ironic. Anyways, I want to I want to make this um, breast milk cheese, and I feel like I imbibe so much marijuana that what I can make is th cheese. <laughs> right, like it can actually be vegan th cheese from my own breast milk. It's gonna be like. It's gonna be like free trade breast milk because I can get like any flavor from anywhere around the world and just pay them the same price. It'll be very feminist. Like I want like lemongrass flavored breast milk and I want like spicy breast milk. I want all of it. I want the beer breast milk. I want it all for the vegans to save the vegans. Um, I just want to give them a cheese so they can shut the fuck up, right? Here's your cheese, guys, okay? It's gonna be okay now. I actually don't have anything against vegans. It's just I don't know who to punch down to. Because, like, it just... Sorry. I'm thinking about... Okay, so I was talking about cheese and breast milk. And, oh, and then... Okay, this isn't even a joke. This is a real idea. And if anyone has any real money or goats, we can do this together. We need to feed goats trash. Like, weed trash. Not, like, trash. Not, like, not like food trash. But, like... Our weed trash, like our stems and our seeds and our things. And then we can milk the goats. And then we can have the DH cheese. For real. I believe it. I absolutely, I mean, if my poo smells like cannabis, where are my goats? You know what I mean? Like, let's give me some money and let's figure this shit out. I want to have some cannabis goats. There'll be, I mean, there's going to be, I'm telling you, in 10 years, it's going to be the rage. And they'll be like, well, I'm like, I was, it was on a podcast. Can we remember the date? <laughs> Can I see? I don't, I'm sure everyone has this idea right now. Like, right? And they must. Parallel thinking. It's like, <laughs> like every, every thought I have is hack. I fucking hate it. Like, there's no way. Like, not even joke-wise. Just, like, in my, like, I'm the smartest person alive. Oh, <laughs> thanks, weed. Isn't that the best I still feel? So smart. I love I smoke so much weed that sometimes I forget how my own shower works. <laughs> Anyone else? It's like, it's like you're Airbnb being in your own home. It's when the water's too hot, and you're like, ah! And then, ah! I've lived there for 10 years. Like, how do I not know how the shower works? scary uh yeah so i smoke i smoke a lot of weed i smoke so much weed i don't even write a set list down because i can't remember it <laughs> fuck that i'm just gonna say whatever because i can't if i'm gonna write it i'm not gonna remember that shit no i i would i would probably remember uh hey jonathan did did you um can you look at your clock and tell me what time it is i think I've, i feel like i've done 10 am i right is it what time is it I've only done six minutes. <gasps> Look what time has done. Time has fucking ruined my brain. Like I, that, that time just stretched. I was like, usually I feel 10 pretty well. Not today. Yeah. Maybe just because I'm talking about breast milk. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, I don't have to, I don't have to push. I just, I feel like there's actually people who don't know me, so I should be funny and impress them with real jokes. Like, <laughs> like that would probably be the way that you do it as a comedian, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Read all those funny books watch those netflix specials it's been hard this year actually there's so many netflix specials that like everyone thinks it's really easy to be a comedian now they're like the marvelous mrs Maisel. i'll just get up on stage and i'm hilarious look at me i look so perfect and i'm totally it's just this idealized look at 1958 it's like <laughs> yeah there were yeah 
And then she comes from, she's so fucking privileged too. She's like, look at me. I don't have to take care of my own kids and I look perfect all the time. Ah, I'm so easy to be a comic. Yay. Like just more, more past stereotypes for us to live up to. So we'll never feel like we're good enough. Thanks, Facebook. I just had to join Instagram because of Mutiny Radio. And it's the worst. It's even worse than Facebook. It's like I first thought that the idealized life of other people made me feel like a piece of shit. But now, wow, I get it like double, which is more like it's not like two times two. It's like it's like exponentially squared and growing. And it's like, ah, I can't I can't prove fast enough that my life is worth living. <laughs> how do I how do I express to everybody around me that my life is worth living? I have to do it now. So take a picture. Take a picture, Jonathan. Take a picture. Tell me my life is worth living. I have to put it on the Facebook. I'm alive. No, seriously, like, I feel like stand-up comedy is just picking up a mic and screaming into the void and being like, no, I'm still alive and it's worth it. It's okay, it's okay. Somebody's listening somewhere. And you're like, it's a radio station. And then some guy on the internet writes, 30,000 downloads, that seems a little inflated. So I copy-pasted the numbers to that pilot dog shit and called him a jerk face. I was like, you want to see? Sent him a message like, I had, uh, I had to prove to everybody that it's real. None of and it's real like is it real is it not if I wear makeup am I more real audiences laugh harder when I wear lipstick ah, I'll never be good enough Gillette the best a man can get razors are too expensive like it's just ridiculous I'll leave you guys with this really important thought I was watching Netflix and uh, there was a show about girls in jail like 14 year old girls and um, they sat them down at the end and they talked to them and they said, what is the first thing that you're gonna do when you get out of jail? And like nine out of 10 of them said, shave my legs, this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. I'm like, what have we done to American girls that they get out of jail and the first thing they have to do is satisfy the male gaze? Ah! <laughs> like, Gillette, the best of man can get. We've trained them since birth. <laughs> Sorry. Is it not, it's not funny. It's just really sad. It's just, yeah, it's just we buy into the misogyny. Yay! I just, I love, can I show you guys my armpit hair? I love it. I love it. I do. It makes, anyways, we're not going to talk about my hair. But we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to bring up funny comics. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy, clubhouse. comedy, clubhouse. together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 <coughs> gotta use that vape, man, M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, you wanna come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! You're all here, yay! First clapping for yourselves for you, you are being here, yay! Cold night here is the audience here to see people. Yay! We have very funny people here tonight. I'm excited that you're here. And uh, hey, I'm gonna. I didn't. I never give people like a lineup anymore, so they never know. I'm like, who knows who's gonna go? You're all here, but what are we gonna do? Do you guys want a rocham? Or does anyone talk? It's not a machine. Do you want a rocham? Do you want me to close? Do you want me to do the? I know where you are there now, so I can't like spin around in a circle and like point randomly. You want to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm gonna close my eyes. You all move seats, and then I'll point. And the closest one I point to is the one that has to go. Gets to gets to go. Gets to go first. Are they? <laughs> my eyes are really closed. I'm gonna go. There. 
Put your hands together for Richard Barney. Guys, keep it going for Jesus Christ and his perfect plan for the universe. I used to believe that. I also used to believe that Mary-Kate and Ashley were triplets. Um, when I was a kid, uh, like, I wore sweater vests an embarrassing amount of the time because I thought Doug was a really cool guy. Like, I just thought that was a very cool guy, and then a fourth grade happened. I found out sweater vests were just not very cool. It's just not at all cool. Does anyone watch television on TV? <laughs> no, not anyone here, not a single person. I really miss just, uh, I miss class action lawsuit commercials. <laughs> I like, like I, I was watching, I was at a bar and I was like, something about Roundup, I could make like 50 bucks if I had horrible cancer. It was just, you know, I miss that kind of stuff all the time. Like, like, like what, do we, what do we have that binds us together now as a society that we don't know what, like, the commercials are? Mesothelioma. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, like, I, I miss mesothelioma commercials a little bit. I don't really know what mesothelioma is, but... Uh, did anyone watch um, Planet Earth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Planet Earth is a great show, and the reason that it's a great show is marijuana. And then the other reason that it's a great show is because the animals are basically just like us, right? I mean, like, people, you know, it'll be, hey, check out this kangaroo. She's got some problems. <laughs> but she's glad she's wearing something with pockets. <laughs> check out this dung beetle. His entire life is shit. Um, it's not great for all of the animals, though. Uh, the Costa Rican three-toed sloth is critically endangered. Yeah, it's upsetting. And I don't really know why. Uh, they probably said during Planet Earth, but I was super high. Um, I think it might have something to do with communication during sex. Because the male sloth will be like, is this good for you? And then the female sloth will be like, Stop And then you guys are like, okay, we get it. Sloths do shit slow. We get the joke. Um, but what happens next happens very quickly. The male sloth loses his erection. Uh, <laughs> that's a very silly joke. Um, that is a very silly joke. Where are we going with this, guys? Where were we going with this? Oh, uh, God's perfect plan for the universe. That's right. The sloth is endangered. God has a perfect plan for the universe. Um, I was raised evangelical, and a lot of people don't really know what that means. Um, and, like, so, there's this guy named John Calvin. He was this Swiss guy in, like, the year 1500. And he came up with this idea. Uh, basically, his doctrine was called tulip. It's named after flowers. Um, and, like, the, the, 
it's an acronym, and T stands for totally depraved, which means that all of us are totally depraved and unable to choose God. Um, which is, you know, why would you do that? Why would you just make us all like that? I don't know. It seems like a fuck up. It seems like kind of a big fuck up. Um, Catholicism seems a lot more fun. Because <laughs> they've got the Pope. Any, any papists here tonight? <laughs> and, and no papists? Oh, man. Th- being the Pope would be a lot of fun. Because uh, well, everyone knows, like, there's no other way that you're going to wear red loafers every day and get away with it. <laughs> that everyone knows about the hat. The hat is incredibly cool. Um, but the thing, like, that's just the beginning of what you can get away with as the Pope. Um, how many times a week do you think the Pope orders pizza? <laughs> like, he lives in Vatican City. I Like, you're the Pope. I, I looked this up on the internet last night, and I typed into Google. I was like, how many times a week does the Pope eat pizza? And I was hoping for a fucking straightforward answer like Ask Jeeves would have given me. I got nothing. But the first hit was uh, the Pope got a 13-foot pizza made for his 81st birthday. Um, so here's my impression of the Pope asking for a 13-foot pizza for his birthday. Cardinal Vacuum! <laughs> Give me a 13-foot pizza for my fucking birthday! I'm the Pope, goddammit! Again, that was the Pope <laughs> ordering a 13-foot pizza for his 81st birthday. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a thinker. That one is a thinker. That one is a thinker, you guys. <laughs> um so I'm single and um I recently went on a date that went really pretty well uh to my surprise. Because things were going well. We were at the top of Dolores Park. Um, which at night is kind of a high-risk, high-reward makeout spot. Uh, it's one of the most high-risk, high-rewards makeout spots in San Francisco because on one hand, it's a beautiful view of the city. On the other hand, you might see someone poop into their hand, um, which is not super romantic. Um, and so we were making out at the top of the park, and then... I noticed that there was this guy like dragging his shit up the hill and like he was vaping and I was like okay um, I really hope that he stopped somewhere before the top of the hill he just kept on coming and I was like oh man I'm, I'm, this is going really well I, I really don't want to get cock blocked by homeless vape lord like I don't need that right now I haven't gotten laid in a while Please, God, no. And so he got about like 15 feet away and he stopped there. And I was like, this is a really uncomfortably close for what I'm trying to do right now. (laughs) And I was like, what am I going to do? And then something amazing happened. He got out a little speaker and he started playing Drake. (laughs) This dude, not only was I not 
cock blocked. I was cock unblocked by a homeless vape lord. Uh, just not expecting that. And <laughs> yeah, the, the, rest, the rest is history. We went back to my house. Um, and before I have sex with anyone, I have to have sort of an uncomfortable conversation, unfortunately. Um, and so in this particular example, I was like, hey, just so you know, before we go back to my bed, I just want to let you know, there might be a few more pistachio shells on the sheets <laughs> than you're probably used to. It's important to be really straight up and honest with people about stuff like that. Nut allergies are a lot more common than you probably think. Um, she was cool with it. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so I thought things were going really well. I actually really liked this girl. And then I d after that, I just like did not hear her back. And I was like, shit, I got ghosted. But then five to 10 business days later, I got a formal letter of rejection in the mail. Uh, Thank you for your continued interest in Tessa. Wish you luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> There's no need to slide into her DMs. If she's drunk and or lonely, she'll slide into yours. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, does anyone else get into like weird, weird, like sex stuff? Yeah, yeah. What kind of weird sex do you get into, Justin? How much description? Let's do this. This is Mutiny Radio. <laughs> like, let's fucking do it. Whoa. That's really cool. I didn't know I could do that. Like, what, that's an option? I need to get on the internet and do sex stuff better. That's, that's what I'm taking away from that. Like, I could be asking women to meet me alone in the woods. Sometimes. I need to look scarier, I guess. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Like, <laughs> was it a really misty woods? Like, was there fog? That's really disappointing. That is really disappointing. I would want there to be like a lot of fog and like moss and maybe like a unicorn coming through occasionally. And you know like the scene in Harry Potter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like bingo. Someone watches Harry Potter. I've never read the books. I've never read the books. I wasn't, my parents didn't know where to come down on the books. Um, because they were evangelical and witchcraft. Um, but I did get to read the Left Behind books. Yeah. Uh, and the left, the, it's kind of mixed messaging from the Left Behind books because on one hand, the world goes to absolute shit after Jesus takes all of the Christians away. On the other hand, you get to go on a lot of adventures. Like spy stuff try to kill the Antichrist. It seems fun. It seems like a lot more fun and a lot more interesting than anything I'm doing now. That's, um, let's see, we did, we did that really good Pope joke. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, at one point in time, 
I was dating someone. I, we'd been, we were planning on moving in together. I was going to move in with her in New York City. And I was in D.C. at the time, and she sent me a text message one day that said, Hey, not going to make FaceTime tonight. I'm going to the Knicks game with Amir. And I'm like a super chill dude. So I was like, cool. How do you know Amir? And she was like, he's in a band. And I was like, cool. I like music. And uh, what, what band is he in? And she sent me a message. He's in The Roots. And I was like, shit. And so then I, uh, I was like, okay, I got to figure out who Amir is, which one of the roots he is. So I went to Google and I was like, is Amir fucking my girlfriend? <laughs> and Google was like, do you mean is Questlove fucking my girlfriend? <laughs> All right, guys, I'm Rich Barney. Thanks. Rich Barney! Yay! That's exciting. You might have, like, first-degree removed penis touching from Questlove. That's exciting. That's, like, six degrees to... (laughs) Didn't mean to dredge up old memories. It's good stuff. Uh, your next comedian has lots of old memories because he's old. No, I'm kidding. No, he's very funny. He's a wonderful guy, and uh, he's one of the amazing people behind Comedy Oakland, uh, one of the best comedy venues here in the Bay. They've been voted the best. They're awesome. They have great shows every night. You can see him there hosting the comedy competition, which is so hard, but it's he's 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 great. He's very kind to everyone. Oh, the police are coming by. They're so excited about about your next comedian. Put your hands together for Ira Summer. Yay! Ah, this is great. I get to follow a screaming pope. Uh, You don't get to do that every day. Ah, and then get reminded that I'm old. Thank you. I hear that every day. So, uh, yeah, actually, no, I had had a birthday last week. Um, Yeah, and uh, now it's, I'm I'm getting, I'm getting to an age... uh, for a long time, I figured, yeah, you, know, you hear the whole thing, age is just a state of mind, age is just a number, and then you hit a number, and oh God, yeah, this is somebody who, yeah, the only other person here who's over, well, looks like almost 20, but yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I'm getting to a point where I just, I just feel like arguing with people for no reason, no reason at all, and it's a problem because I'm not in a relationship anymore, so... I don't have I don't have somebody who I can I was never actually good when I was married I wasn't good at the whole arguing thing she would start coming up with stuff I didn't know how to respond to it and you know she's like she's yelling at me going you shouldn't be upset about this I'm going I'm not upset about this there's nothing to be upset about we can talk you know and and she's going but stop being upset I'm "I'm not upset you're the one that sounds like you're upset it's not me it's you and after a while you walk away and you go out and you go into the other room and you're just going I'm just replaying in my head it's not it's and the thing is like right right now during the week I work in LA and when I get into an argument with somebody I have the same sort of reaction I got to get away and in there are a lot of people in LA you see them going through the streets you see them going most people they drive their cars but somebody like me 
Yeah, or other people you'll see in the streets, they look like they're exercising. You see me in the streets, I look like I don't have a car. I'm walking around going, me, it's you. Playing through the arguments in my head. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people in LA, they call them homeless, they call them crazy. No, they just have an ex-wife that they really want to replay arguments from 15, 20 years ago. Oh, I am. Um, I'll be fine. Uh, no, because I think it's like, I'm getting, I'm not, I think that seems like just one step removed from just walking to random people and yelling, get off my lawn. Uh, so I think I'm close to that. I'm not quite, I'm still far enough away. I'm not old enough to actually do Tai Chi in a park. Um, I still have about 20 years before I can just say racist things and everybody will be, that's okay. He's fine. It's just Ira. Uh, uh, so, uh, all right, where else? Oh, yeah, anyway, so New Year, a lot of stuff going on. Um, trying to trying to be the the holidays. Holidays are always a time where my I get together with my family. We eat, uh, we argue, we eat some more. We argue about eating, and then we eat some more. So the holidays were over. I figure I'm gonna start the year. I uh, I want to try and be a better me. Um, it's uh, you know actually I'll come back to that in a moment. I'm doing this without really thinking too much. This is what happens when you get to a certain age. Forget where you are. Where am I again? Uh, and this is without pot. So, uh, now I, I mentioned before, I, sp I spend too much time in LA. My job has me down in LA. So, uh, and the problem, problem in LA, especially with comedy in LA, is people are not there to really do comedy. They're all into the whole movie thing. They're into the movie life. Everybody you meet wants to be in the movies. Uh, I was actually, uh, I was on my way to the airport the other day and uh, I was talking to, talking to some famous Hollywood agent. I'm not really good with names, but, uh, but I can tell you he was my Uber driver. And so uh, we're getting to the airport and he's, he's looking at me and he's going, uh, he's telling me that I would be great in movies because uh, I, have, I have a look. It's a distinctive look. I have a look that everybody immediately dislikes and not everybody can pull that off. Uh, I uh, just, uh, somebody back there agree. Yeah, I, I, it's like, oh yeah, you could play Dr. Evil's accountant. Uh, <laughs> you're the man just going, I need to see the receipts. You're not getting anything. Whoever, I told you, get the receipts, put them in every day. Nothing more for you. Uh, so, but you know, the thing is, I, I know I can't be in movies because as everybody here at the camera, camera adds 10 pounds and I'm carrying like three cameras on me. So I got a lot of work to do this year, but I figure, okay, fine. I'm, I'm gonna feel better at myself. I got to the airport and I figure I got a little bit of time. I am gonna, I'm gonna eat a little better. I got a salad. I ordered a salad, went and uh, tried to pay for it and Visa flagged it as suspicious activity. <laughs> I, uh, no, the week before I bought like $200 of junk food at Costco you know, six cases of beer, a few pizzas, no question from Visa, nothing at all. But one salad, clearly there's nothing in my entire financial history that indicates I would ever buy a salad. So uh, Visa, is sending, Visa is sending a message. Uh, actually, the message, I got in the plane, message continued. I'm sitting down, waiting for the plane to take off. Flight attendant comes up to me and goes, excuse me, uh, there are very few people on this plane. We need you to relocate from here to the back of the plane to distribute the weight. <laughs> Clearly, I weigh enough <laughs> to 
balance out everybody else on this plane. This is, this is a sign. Yeah, I've gotten used to it. I've gotten used to Amazon uh, giving me requests. Oh, you, or, or Netflix, the same thing. It's, oh, you like Black Panther? Um, you'll love Gilmore Girls. Uh, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready to have this in real life. Uh, and it's happening more and more. Uh, yeah, a little bit frightening as I go through all this. Um, so, uh, yeah, what was, uh, so there was some order to all this. We'll go without order. Uh, this is one of those time travel jokes. We'll come back to it. You'll realize the punchline was much earlier. <laughs> Maybe next time I come back, we'll do the punchlines <laughs> for some of these. Uh, now it's, uh, actually 2000, 2019. Um, 2019 is going to be an exciting year because uh, a couple big things going on for me. Uh, the less big thing is I've got a I've got a high school 40th high school reunion coming up. Um, so and most of my classmates I, I keep track of them now on Facebook and they've gotten old. Uh, and that part's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. Go back and do that. But uh, the other the other thing that's going on is uh, my son. My son is getting married. Uh, he and his fiance. Thank you. A couple of people clapping. Uh, the rest of you, yeah, like my parents. Um, disappointed in my children. No, it's. I'm I, no. I think I'm, I'm a proud dad. I'm a proud dad. I love my children for a long time. Anybody would ask, and I would tell you, nobody's good enough for my child. Uh, but at this point, he's almost 30. At this point, anybody's good enough for my child. So they're getting married. We're happy. It is, uh, they're picking a date. They, they're thinking about the Saturday before Halloween, uh, which means that they're thinking about having a wedding where everybody shows them a costume. Um, and actually with my family, uh, very often you can't tell if they intentionally dressed in costume or not. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. Um, I, uh, I actually, they, they've been together for eight years at this point. Uh, my ex-wife and I have not met her parents yet. Uh, we've scheduled some time to get together with them sometime in the next couple months. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they really have no idea uh, what she's gotten them into. So it should be, it should be a lot of fun. The, the wedding, uh, I think is my big chance to get my son back for all of his teenage years. You know, when the, when the kids are little, when the kids are little, doesn't matter what you do. You are a God. I am dad. I can do no wrong. And then at some point he becomes a teenager. And at that point, everything I say, he rolls his eyes, everything. It does not matter. It's a look. It's a look that says you idiot. How could you here? Let me show you how this phone works. <laughs> I, uh, I, the last three years, I've been I've been head of technology for a startup. But as far as my son is concerned, uh, I'm basically Amish. Uh, <laughs> right? He's, he he looks at me and he thinks, "Oh yeah, you still reset your iPad by turning it upside down and shaking it." <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there there are still there there are things I don't know. Uh, I'm not really, yeah, I, I spend, yeah, I spend way too much time. I don't really do Instagram. I, I finally got 
an account because somebody said I'm supposed to connect with them on Instagram. I have no idea how to connect with them on Instagram. Uh, but I have an account now. Hopefully they'll connect with me and I'll figure out how that works. But uh, actually, yeah, <laughs> four years ago, four years ago, I got, I got this cell phone. Um, it was the first cell phone I've gotten that did not actually have buttons that I could push. Um, I was looking for a rotary dial. They didn't have it. So I uh, got the phone and it happened to be the same exact phone that both my sons had. So I, I figured they'd check out the technology. The technology must be good. I, what, what I wanted though is I wanted, I wanted an old school ring, something that sounds like a regular phone. So when I hear it, I think a phone's ringing. I pick it up. I talk on the phone. Uh, they did not have that in any of the sounds. I went through every single sound. Get together with my son the next day. I mentioned to him that it doesn't have a regular ring. My son starts rolling his eyes with a look, you know, the look that says, how do you even feed yourself? <laughs> and then he starts going through the exact same thing that I did. I'm thinking, this is great. This is great. He's not going to find it. And I go, I go to grab something to eat. I come back and he goes, there, you got your ring. turns out what my son did is he went through, found it wasn't there, found he couldn't download a regular ring yet. And he just recorded himself going, ring, 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 ring. I'm a phone, ring, ring, ring. <laughs> Four years later, that's still my ringtone. I'm actually not sure how to change them. <laughs> so, no, this is, uh, so yeah, anyway, my son, my son's getting married. I am, I am planning, you know, the whole father of the, the groom speech. Uh, I, I will very appropriately uh, give it uh, using only emojis. Uh, because for the last four years, that is the only way my son has communicated with me, using only emojis. Every message, just pictures, no words. And, and then about a year ago, he got a different phone. So he started using a different app. So the pictures he sent were no longer the pictures I received. So the messages that I thought I was getting were not necessarily the message he was sending. Message would come in. I go running around the office. You're a millennial. What does this mean to you? Tell me. Tell me. Um, why is he eating so many eggplants? What's going on? I do not understand. Uh, now, and the thing is, he was doing, he, he announced his engagement to me by emoji. And he did, he did a beautiful job. It was great. It was a, a boy, a ring, a girl, a bridal veil. It was, it was wonderful. Um, I, I was excited. I immediately, I immediately contacted my mom. It's her first grandchild that's getting married. So that was great. And after I hung up with my mother, I realized that those might not have been the pictures that he intended to send. <laughs> um, but at that point, it was too late. My mom knew. They were already planning. She was already cooking food. Uh, it's too late. They're getting married. Uh, fortunately, yeah, they're, they're actually, they're, they're going ahead. They're happy. It's wonderful. He did, he had one request for me. He asked me not to, uh, not to post the announcement on Facebook. Didn't want to go down on social media. Didn't want his friends finding out that way. Uh, and no, I, could, I was good about that. I'm his father. I honored his request. I have not posted on Facebook. Instead, I announce it at every show. <laughs> 30,000 downloads can't be wrong. Oh, yeah. 
And right, come back here every month so more people can find out. <laughs> Eric and Lucy, getting married, end of October. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they intended that. It's, uh, no, it's actually tough because I, I come from, I come from a, a big family. I'm one of eight children. Um, yeah, but somehow the, my parents forgot they were Jewish, thought they were Irish Catholic, and so got confused by the whole thing. And so, and my ex-wife is one of five. Um, you know, so we have, but just, just our, just, you know, his side of the family, if we go us, you know, my siblings, their spouses, their kids, we're at about 80 people at this point. Um, and then I started adding some cousins. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to have discussions as to how much of the wedding I actually have to pay for, which I will find out soon. Um, this is more therapy than actual humor. <laughs> Uh, I, my job was to get three people to laugh. I've done that. Uh, the rest are all yours. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Ira Summer, yay! It's joined the 21st century with an iPhone. I have not done that yet. I still have a phone with pushy buttons, and it doesn't attach to the internet. And when people send me emojis, they come up as little squares, like little tiny rectangles. So I just guess. I'm like, I don't even know what they mean. I just recently learned what DTF meant. That's how, that dates me. I mean, that's like, if everyone's been known that for 10 years or something, and I was like, it means what? I had no idea. I used to teach college, and the kids used to say that all the time, and I was like, what? I'm glad I didn't know what it meant, because... College guys, that's what I love about college guys. I keep getting older and they keep staying the same age. Just have to wait till that's, I'm sorry, I stole someone else's Matthew McConaughey's joke. Love that guy. Uh, all right, our next comedian is going to be a human being. Do you want to do, should we bring up the Boston boy? I'm very excited about this. Uh, I know people in Boston, and Boston has a really, really, really great underground community scene. It's really robust and really incredible, and um, a lot of the comedians from from Boston have come to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and this comic has come to us by way of some of those dudes and showed up and sent a message, and we're going to give him time. Uh, I love your Just for Squiggles Instagram that I've tagged you on with your pictures, uh, but hey, everybody, I'm going to remember your name. It's Kevin M. Quiggles. Quigley. Kevin M. Quigley, yay! My name is Kevin M. Quigley because there's another guy back in Boston whose name is just Kevin Quigley, and he is like a serious sexual predator, and he also does comedy. Fun, fun inside Boston info for you. Who? Great to be here. Great scene. I just need to start off by saying that you said your son is getting close to 30 and now he needs to lock it down with the marriage. That is your assessment, correct? That's how you think it should be done. I also heard you mention something about an ex-wife. So you were, you were wrong. Okay, it didn't work. Anyway, it doesn't matter, folks. We're keeping it rolling. Hi, my name is Kevin. I look like uh, Edward Snowden if he were to keep his head down and do his job for once. <laughs> Government's got pretty good pension benefits. I think I would stick with that one. Uh, so I am from Boston, uh, and this accent is completely fake. I'm going to lose it once I get more comfortable. Uh, so only thing I really knew about San Francisco going in is that you guys were a pretty progressive place. Uh, show of a round of applause. How many people here are fans of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? <laughs> Big fans in here. She's not a fan. She's doing a nod. 
uh, nods aren't audible. I don't know. This, this is radio. Yeah, let's do let's do the poetry snaps. Alexandria Ocasio or Cortez is like the new it girl. Everyone loves her. She is like the Hispanic Ariana Grande. Republicans, though, they tried to come in from left field. They tried to undercut her. They said, we got her. They released a video of her dancing when she was 20 years old. How out of touch are these people that they see this video and they think, whew, this is a smoking gun. When I saw that video, I reacted the same way as I'm sure most of you did. I finished masturbating and went to sleep. Some of you may have already heard that one. I did tell it at the mic, but it did a lot better then. And I'm... <laughs> So uh, in Boston, you're not really allowed to actually say you're from Boston if you're from some suburb. We like care about that very seriously. It's just one of those things. We like care about whether or not you're from the city limits and whether or not you're white. We're we weird standards up in there. So I grew up, uh, sorry, I live in a place called Somerville, Massachusetts, uh, and I love my apartment. It's great. The only problem, my washer, my dryer, they are coin operated. It takes me 16 quarters to do one load of wash and dry. And my landlord's a real cheapskate, I get that. She wants to charge me $4, that's fine, whatever. But where the fuck am I supposed to get 16 quarters? Someone said, Kevin, why don't you go to the bank and get some quarters? And I said, yeah, maybe I'll go to a town hall meeting on my way home. <laughs> Kids these days, with their rap music. I'll complain to the teller when I'm writing cashier's checks or whatever happens at the bank. I'm pretty sure it's where homeless people masturbate. <laughs> so one day I knew I had 15 quarters, but I was desperate to do more laundry. Had to do laundry. Stop at a bar on my way home, and I see, I go to the bathroom, take a pee, and of course I see, resting right on the urinal cake, a quarter. <laughs> and you may be thinking, Kevin, did you take that quarter? That is disgusting. But let me tell you this, San Francisco, California, so was the blood that I washed out of my sheets. <laughs> Who here likes to drink? Any drinking fans? Yay! I love drinking. Drinking is great. I don't believe I have a drinking problem. Like many people in my homeland, I was raised in a Catholic family, and Catholics are the best at believing obvious lies. <laughs> I need to clarify. That is, not, that is not an atheism joke. That is a pretending children aren't getting harmed joke. <laughs> but also that whole like buying Jesus' blood at Trader Joe's in the wine, that's, like, I mean, that's kind of weird too. Anyways, my girlfriend, she does think I have a drinking problem, but I do not need to take that from her because she does not exist. Galega <laughs> Malavich. It is true, I am not too good with the ladies. The last time I had sex was Super Bowl Sunday. It was the Broncos versus the Panthers, a hell of a game. Brittany Murphy had recently died. Uh, and the uh, First Lady of the United States and her husband slept in the same bed. Everyone said, Kevin, you want to date? You want to get in some dating? Here's how everyone dates nowadays. You got to get on Tinder. So I got on Tinder. And uh, every girl on Tinder says the exact same thing. Say, hit me with your best pickup line. So I say, hey, girl, are you my parents? Because you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> and it did not work. I guess you're not supposed to bring up your parents when you're trying to be sexy. <laughs> so I said, hey, girl, 
This is my best possible one. Hey, girl, are you a leaky pipe? Because you should be in my basement wrapped in duct tape. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm having a rough week, folks. First of all, I got kicked off of Tinder. Second of all, I have this nephew. He's like five years old, and he caught me masturbating. I know, and it's completely my fault. I could have easily chosen a different playground. It's just a joke, just a joke. I don't even have a nephew. My sister is like the queen of miscarriages. That is also just a joke. My sister has an IUD. I know this because she's always bringing it up at inappropriate times. She'll be like, I have empowered myself as a woman by reclaiming control of my reproductive organs. And then the waiter at the restaurant is like, thank you, miss. Will that be a super salad? It's not the proper venue. It's a high-end place for classy people. But, you know. Woo! Women's rights! Great. That's the most feminist joke I have, by the way. As I said, I was raised in a Catholic family, me and my sister both. And uh, it's a little disheartening now, right? A lot of scandals going on. Some people even say, Pope's got to resign. He's complicit. They want him to resign for the same reason that the last Pope had to resign, for being the cool friend who got the rest of his friends laid. It is fast times at Vatican High School. I feel like they're like, yo, your holiness, we made a pact. You got to help us. We got to lose our virginities before these kids finish middle school. The pieces are there for that one. So it was always boring for me growing up. Like, first of all, my mom made me go to this thing called CCD where you like learn about God and shit. And uh, on, on our Christmas party, we had a birthday cake and sang happy birthday to Jesus but we were reprimanded for saying cha-cha-cha. I think that is, I guess that's where Jesus draws the line in terms of disrespectful representation. I think it was John like 318 or something where he specifies that you're not supposed to say cha-cha-cha when singing happy birthday to him with the market basket vanilla frosted cake. By the way, back in Boston, we have a grocery store called Market Basket. You guys might have picked up on that smart crowd. Also, my mom used to get me this advent calendar. I don't know if you guys grew up in any sort of Christian family. You may have had the advent calendar. Uh, so my Episcopalian friend had the one that opened up to a different piece of chocolate every day. My mom, just to hammer home how much religion was boring, she got us the one that opened up to a different piece of scripture. Yeah, so that Protestant fuck would be over there with like chocolate with a peanut in it. We get John 3.16, the Lord sent his only son not to condemn the earth but to save it for like the eighth time. But there is a bright side. There is a bright side to this story. You cannot have an allergic reaction to prayer. <laughs> and if you combine it with thought, you can stop school shootings. <laughs> that one doesn't always work. I do play a lot of pro-school shooting crowds. <laughs> Those NRA gigs are really how I keep my bills paid. <laughs> Speaking of uh, people who are still going to church, old people, fucks up with them. I was with my grandmother the other day, and she was saying that people have pants that are too baggy, but then I was with my other grandmother, and she was telling me that my pants were too tight. Since when did old people become like this Goldilocks authority on pants? I think they'd be able to reach a consensus, I guess. They have a lot of free time at those town hall meetings that they're always going to. But uh, probably the most prominent thing that old people do is take issue with the phrase, no problem, in lieu of you're welcome. 
I think they hate it so much because old people have a problem with so many things. The idea of there being no problem is offensive. <laughs> like the other day I was at a coffee shop and I see an older woman carrying a tray of coffees, hold the door for her. She says, uh, thank you. You're such a kind boy. And I said, no problem. And she said, you shouldn't say no problem. You should say you're welcome. And I was like, I should have let you walk into the fucking door, you bitch. <laughs> Could you imagine just like a geriatric woman writhing around on the ground with second degree coffee burns? I'd be like, oh, we don't need to get a manager here. This woman has more than zero problems. <laughs> I change it up. I say no worries. Like the other day I was driving my grandmother to her doctor's appointment. And uh, she got out of the car. She said, Kevin, thank you so much. You're such a sweet boy. She didn't say it in that voice, but I forgot what my old woman voice was. So I said, Grandma, no worries. And she said, well, why would I be worried? And I said, duh, because you're going to die soon. <laughs> See the writing on the wall? You can't drive yourself to the doctor. That was the premise to the story. <laughs> Even though I'm obviously so hilarious, I do have a real job. I work as a software engineer. Which is nice, you know, I know there's a lot of those out in this area. Uh, it's great. Uh, the only problem is, I kind of miss the days when that meant no one wanted to talk to you. But now everyone, every like douchebag who has a coke problem wants to come up to me with their app idea. <laughs> and they always have this grand proposal to split the profit 50-50. For those listening to the podcast, I'm doing what is known as douchebag sign language. Uh, you're going to have to look it up. It's like the Hawaiian... California surfer thing, but sideways and indicating uh, in like kind of a phallic. It's a little sexual, isn't it? Are you feeling anything? Yeah. <laughs> These ideas are never actual ideas. They're just strings of buzzwords. Sometimes the effect of what we need here, what we need here, dude. We need the immersive user experience. It's got to be a disruptor. We, we. <laughs> We're going to have features. Let me talk about features. We're going to have VR. We're going to have AR. We're going to have fucking uh, Snapchat integration. Whole thing running on Bitcoin. <laughs> I asked this guy, do you even know what Bitcoin is? He says, yeah, it's the future, buddy. <laughs> the remainder of the ideas are just like variations of Uber. Like Uber for cats, Uber for sex, Uber for hotels. Personal favorite, Uber for car parts. <laughs> For those of you who don't understand the regional dialect, that was Uber, Uber for car parts. <laughs> I said, please explain, because this, this idea bewildered me. He goes, yo, man, so I'm a mechanic. I know how to fix all my shit, right? So I get broken down. I need Uber for car parts, so I don't got to pay some fuck to fix my car. I fix it on the side of the road. Order those Uber for car parts. We split the profit 50-50. <laughs> I said, man, this is really not a good idea. I don't want to go into business with you. And he said, well, I'll make it happen, bro. I got friends in the valley. And I was like, well, I'm actually very impressed. I didn't realize you had uh, friends in Silicon Valley. He says, nah, bro, Napa Valley Auto Pots. My boy's behind the counter. Is that a national chain? I didn't verify that. Okay, good. Thank goodness. Uh, best idea that I ever had pitched to me, it was at a party by one of the most coked out gentlemen I've ever seen in my life. He said, here's what we're going to do, bro. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to run a chata in international waters. We are going to take rich Wall Street millionaire fat cats. We are going to bring them out 12 miles where they can bang trophy whores that we provide. It will be perfectly legal and we will be millionaires 50-50. <laughs> I was like, that's fantastic. I am totally on board. 
one question, what do you want me to do? And he said, oh, right. And we would have an app. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave you on this. I grew up in a tremendously uh, white suburb, like tremendously white, no diversity. My street was considered diverse because there was a woman on it who was half Jewish. <laughs> we think. We didn't talk to her because, you know. So that's why I think it's, as I grew up, I realized there was a lot that I had to learn because I was very ignorant. There were a lot of areas in my knowledge I didn't have. So I think for that reason, it's healthy to be the only white guy in the room. Healthy to be the only white guy in the room, unless it is the room where they are filming one of those ISIS videos. <laughs> so recently, uh, uh, I had a booker hear me, a black booker heard me do it, and he thought it'd be a hilarious goof to book me at his show, which was a crowd of 130 all-black audience. Uh, which was great. I had a great time at the show. It went perfectly well. But before I was playing that, I had some ignorant friends. They said shit like, Kevin, you going to play that all-black room? Aren't you worried one of them's going to have a gun? And I said, that's racist, man. And also, I'm like an awkward, lanky white guy, and I did like five minutes on not getting laid earlier. I'm pretty sure they're going to be worried I have a gun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Quickly, everyone. Hooray! Oh. Um, does anyone know where the music is coming from? Does everybody hear? Is it from up? Is it from behind us? Upstairs. Is it up? I mean, I'm like, I'm like La Cumbra. In the, I think something's happening. No, I, I just, I think it's our neighbors. They just have really loud, I'm like, all right, they're going to, we'll ignore them. It's fine. The keys in the piano? I did. I left the keys in the piano. Did, who, were those ladies, who do those ladies belong to? Did anybody bring them? Were they just audience people? They were just, they just came. Well, fantastic. Hey. There was, yeah, the Tinder. I don't, I don't, um, no, you didn't walk. You had a very funny set. I didn't, I didn't think you walked. Maybe they only wanted an hour of comedy. I don't know. I, I mean, I was so high at the beginning. I don't even know what I was saying. I can't even remember. It was fun stuff. I was, um, I had a thing to say. Oh, this is uh, Kevin. When I was little, I used to think that I would want to, I liked accents. And so I practiced this one for Boston. Okay, here it goes. I parked my car in Harvard Yard, and who did I meet but Larry Bird? <laughs> is that not? I would say that all the time. I parked my car in Harvard Yard, and who did I meet but Larry Bird? Wicked awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen The Departed. Does it have Leonardo DiCaprio in it? Yeah, I have to wake up from my <laughs> inception dream of Leonardo DiCaprio movies that I've seen and don't remember. Uh, all right, so we have two comics left. Do you guys want to Rosham or do you want to you want to fight it out? You want to you want a death match? <laughs> what happened? You you gonna want to fight or do you want to, you you want a headline? More yeah. All right, your next comedian, he's going to make you laugh. He, earlier on a, he was on, he would guess said it in the middle of Richard Barney's set about a weird, creepy thing he did in the woods with a girl. <laughs> so let's see what happens now. Put your hands to cool things, not creepy, cool things that happened in the, in the cool, dark trees. Put your hands together for Justin Carisi. All right, let's not forget about that moment. You guys might remember me from when Richard asked if anyone was a pervert. 
And I was like, ooh, 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 me. I didn't need to tell you that. And I did, because I need a new job, and I'm tired. And I don't have any intermediate thought. So hi, I'm Justin Carisi. And I am uh, not as happy as I look. <laughs> People really love to tell me lately that I have a scary, threatening vibe. As if I'm gonna go, oh my God, thank you. I had no idea. I gotta go home and take all this stuff off. I'm going for the deliberate look. I'm trying to look like I got the two-day shipping on all this. I don't know. <laughs> I like looking a little threatening because I'm so scared of everything and everyone else, in including you guys. I feel a little uncomfortable in the world, and uh, I have strategies for making myself feel safer. I um, recently bought a sword. <laughs> and now I am the bad guy. I have new thing-itis, and I want to just bring it with me places. But where do you take a sword? All right. Yeah, you shouldn't have said that. I'm, I'm going to be here one day, and then I'm going to be in jail for a while. So it's just hanging in my closet, and I don't have a door on my closet. So it just is hanging there, shimmering. And I can hear it whisper. Swing me at people. I used to be afraid someone was going to break into my apartment, and now I'm like making fake UPS tags. Like, guys, I got so much nice new stuff. Come check it out. I dare you. Sometimes I, I, like, I got to get out of sword mode because I can't stop thinking about it. So I check, I check Facebook or whatever to snap myself out of it, and I just get an ad for more swords. Because now they know who I am. So I figured out where sword guys come from. Do you guys have any idea how many different kinds of steel there are? Some of them are bullshit. 440J, that's not a weapon, that's a, that's a, that's a decoration. Stay away from the whole 440 family. It's bullshit. So, let's talk about something um, less comfortable. I'm 34 now. And uh, getting ready to wrap it up, I think. <laughs> Almost done. Just a few more months. And uh, be all set with this chapter. Uh, something I notice, uh, dating is different in your 30s. Things are different. All the girls I really wanted to be with in my 20s are getting ready to settle down, which is perfect because I'm just getting ready to give up. <laughs> and I get to reject somebody soon. <laughs> I can't wait to meet that special someone and tell her to get a fucking cat. <laughs> Leave me out of this. 
I am really sick of dating. It's the same. It's the same story again and again. You, you, you. There's nobody, and you gotta go find somebody and do a trick so she likes you, and take her on a date and pretend not to be depressed for 90 minutes and take her upstairs and show her your sword and find a new girl. It's just, I'm tired of it. One thing I am really sick of is, I'm sure you guys have heard this before, you heard women say, where have all the good men gone? I've been hearing that one all my life. Where have all the good men gone? They were here a minute ago. What did you do with all the good men? Pretty sure they're with good women. This is what's left over for you. There's a reason that we're both in this mess. Here's what I'm confused about. How do you not know where the good men are? I know where the good women are. I'm watching them. They're usually, they're usually in places I can't afford to be. They're taking the good women and putting them where I can't get them. All I'm saying is if you end up on my futon, maybe you belong on my futon. <laughs> so, um, I think you guys will agree with me. I am almost attractive. I'm getting pretty close. Technically, I'm getting farther away by the second. But um, being, being almost attractive is, it's, let me tell you what that's like. It's just like being ugly, except for all the false hope. I used to be a lot better looking. I have pictures on my phone. I can prove it. And I know the difference between being kind of hot and having to do stuff. And I miss it. And if you're, a, if you're a, a good looking guy, life sees you. You look good, you get women good for you. If you are an ugly guy, life is also kind of easy. You have one avenue, make money. That's the only thing that works. But if you are kind of good looking, that gets confusing. Do you have any idea how much time I waste lifting weights? <laughs> Here's a tip so that you don't end up like me. If your arms are a 10 and your face is a six, you're a six. <laughs> so I do a lot of online dating because it is low risk, low reward. <laughs> That's the way I like it. And women will say things online that they do not say in real life. I got called a fuck boy, finally. I was waiting for somebody to notice. I spend a lot of time wondering if anyone can tell that I fuck. I found that validating. I think it was supposed to hurt my feelings, I don't know. Um, so fuckboy is my gender now. My pronouns are bro and bra. They're pronouns, please respect them. 
I don't think I actually am a fuckboy, though. If you guys don't know what a fuckboy is, it's basically a young, like a younger guy who he's kind of pathetic, his life isn't going anywhere, and he goes from woman to woman, doesn't take them seriously, and I am no longer young, as we've established, which I think makes me a fuck man. I don't, I, I shouldn't be calling myself a man either, though. I take that back. Uh, I think I'm a guy, maybe a dude at this point. I used to be a kid, but you can't be a bald kid. You, huh? No. Or Charlie Brown, I guess. Do they ever point it out, though? He has one little hair. He has Charlie Brown. It's, it's a rich looking kid, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I forget what I was saying. Oh yeah, no. Uh, uh, I will be a man when I'm dead. I think is where I was going with that because my obituary is not gonna say, you know, old fuckboy found dead on futon. <laughs> I wrapped it up. I figured it out. <laughs> um, online dating is gross. It's disgusting. It's all I do, but it's gross. Um, women have to deal with the unsolicited dick pic, right? Is that something that everyone goes through? Yes, there's usually a nod. Um, and that's gross, and I understand that, because uh, I have to deal with the mandatory dick pic, which is sometimes it's just late at night on a Sunday, and you got to prove it's worth the drive. <laughs> I always wondered where technology was going to bring us as a kid. Like, what's the future going to look like? And now I spend a lot of time getting the light right on my own genitals. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. I think I'm just going to get dick headshots. I want to get it done right once, and then everyone's getting the same one for five years. Fuck it. Little forest background. A big forest background. Huge one. Um, so you guys know, you guys believe in aliens? Anyone? Yes? Of course. So where are they? Right? Why are they not talking to us? I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think I figured it out. Do you guys know about Voyager? Voyager was, yes, this little spacecraft we shot out of the solar system in the 70s. And we put, we were like, hey, aliens, what's up? <laughs> and we, we gave them a, a map of our solar system pointing to our planet. And we sent him some, some music. It was like a classical, like a best of or something. And a picture, <laughs> and, a, and a picture of, a, of a man and a woman with no clothes so they know our anatomy. And we're like, hey, why are the aliens not talking to us? It's because the first thing we ever sent them was directions to our house and a playlist and an unsolicited dick pic. <laughs> All right, I'm Justin Carisi. Thank you, guys. A fire set from Justin Carisi, yay! Should have been filming that. That was great. Uh, hey, it was it was audio recorded. You can send that was some funny fucking jokes in there, man. 
It was good. I like it. The ladies, they left. They have no idea what they're missing. They may have even dated you someday on Tinder. Maybe that's why they left. They might have seen you actually earlier on Tinder and been like, oh, we've, we've swiped left. <laughs> Which way do you swipe? Do you swipe left or right? Is white, right good or bad? Left is bad. Is, left is bad. Right is good. What about... I, I, I don't know what was happening with them. But what, I, what I, I do know is this right-left thing is wrong, 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 because that, like, subjugates left-handed people. Is that saying left is wrong? Like, what about I'm a leftist? What does that mean? I'm bad? Nay. Nay. I'm swiping to the right is good. The right is good. No, the far right is bad. <laughs> like, we're... Which way are we... I mean, everything is so... Language is so... Your next comedian, I, I love her so much. Uh, she's so funny, and she's, she's going places, you guys. Uh, to, like L.A., and so you're going to L.A. and doing all that kind of stuff, yeah? Hell, yeah. No, soon. <laughs> she's amazing. She, I watch these Netflix specials, and I sit there, and I think, like, it's so silly that some of it, like, I think you're funnier than some of these Netflix specials I've seen. You guys are going to love her. No, that stuff you said about, you've really changed my life about that whole Clinton's debacle. That whole situation that you illuminated, I'm like, give this girl a TED talk. Like, <laughs> come on. Anyway, she's a feminist maverick. Put your hands together for Annette Mullaney. Hey guys, how are we doing? Ooh, we having fun? Enjoying life? But like for real? What's your secret? Is it a cult? How you got, you're actually happy. Wow. Wow. No, that's you're being real. Everyone else I cannot figure out. Because uh, the only people I know who are actually happy, like truly to the point where it beams out of their faces, are in cults. 100%. Because can you imagine the community you feel with other people? You wake up in the morning, you don't have to make any decisions. You're all working together to achieve a common goal. Like up to the day where it all falls apart and you have to kill yourself, that <laughs> sounds fucking fire. <laughs> um, I've been going through a bit of a hard time recently. I'm going through a breakup with my therapist, which honestly is more devastating. Like I have learned by now that a man will never make me happy. But that's the point of a therapist. Like, I'm literally paying them to make me happy. Um, <laughs> it's the whole, if they can't, then who can? No one, okay. Uh, there were some warning signs early on I should have recognized. We lasted about seven months, right? Like, that's a good go. Um, couple months in, though, I came in a little bummed out. She said, it's okay, totally understand. The moon is in retrograde. No. Yeah, because I'm paying this bitch $180 an hour for fucking newspaper horoscopes, right? I didn't realize I could have just chatted with my hippie-ass friends, gotten a crystal for free. First one's free, I hear. That's how they get you into crystals. Uh, man, I wish I could go back to D.A.R.E. and tell kids that like no one will ever give you free drugs unless you get hotter, but uh, people will give you free crystals. Um, but yeah, she, you know, but I stayed with it. I stayed with it because like a classic abusive relationship sunk cost fallacy. Uh, I thought this is terrible, but it's already been terrible for so long. How can I leave? Um, final straw came recently. We were talking about mantras, right? 
Sounds hippy dippy. It is. Uh, she was saying though, there's some science here, right? Like how, what you tell yourself colors, how you see the world, right? We don't have an objective view of reality, your perspective, you fucking, if you think positively, you will see positively. So we're trying to work on better mantras for me. She did tell me that you have to be careful because your mantra can have unintended consequences. For example, a friend of hers from yoga, of course, <laughs> she kept saying, I need a break, right? I need a break, man. I'm so stressed out. I need a break, right? I mean, this bitch had yoga and a kid and that's the end of the list, but it was a lot. <laughs> it was too much for her. She needed a break. And then she broke her arm. Whoa, whoa. Which is when I bounced because as I said to her at the time, I was like, yo, are you fucking telling me that the universe doesn't understand homonyms? Is that, is that what we're at? Uh, yeah, so I'm done. I'm done with therapy, man. I'm done with pseudoscientific bullshit. I'm ready for straight bullshit. Give me a cult. <laughs> Give me a good cult. Um, once you start researching, there are so many cults, like even here in San Francisco, they range from like every single tech startup. If that is a belief in something unprovable, I don't know what is, uh, all the way down to your pedestrian CrossFit, uh, all cults. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for some good cults. I am not going to accept just any cult at this point, right? Like I have some stipulations. Number one, what is the dress code situation, right? I'm not wearing all orange. It does not work with my coloring. Not at all, right? Like we're all saying our ages, I'm 33, which means I am rapidly aging out of my crop tops, right? I only get to wear them like five days a year in this freezing ass city. It is so hard for me to date because I cannot send a reliable signal of my sluttiness. Right? I'm not in the gym every day working on my fucking conversation starters. I'm at bars wearing sweaters, talking about books I don't read. It's bullshit. It's, no one ever considers the plight of hoes in the cold. So, <laughs> so basically, for this cult, I'm just saying I'm not spending the waning months of my thought dumb in a fucking jumpsuit. A baggy ass jumpsuit. No, crop tops, booty shorts, we can talk. Uh, second question, how much sexual assault is there in the cult? And I'm not saying it has to be zero. I'm reasonable, right? Like life doesn't have zero sexual assault. So why would I require the cult to be better than life? That's crazy. The cult's gonna give me so much. A little bit of sexual assault is a price I'm willing to pay. <laughs> a little, a little. I'm wondering how much, I'm not saying any, come on, I'm being reasonable. Uh, plus, when I was a kid, my mom gave me some really good advice for avoiding assault, and I'm gonna share it with you guys. Um, she told me this at an age where I was far too young for it not to sear into my brain and ruin me forever. Uh, she told me that if a man ever attacks me, I should shit myself. Yes, brilliant, right? Brilliant. Only question, how do I time my sexual assault to be after my morning coffee? <laughs> the, only, the only problem I see with the plan. Uh, like, like I wonder, when my mom gave me that advice, does she just have one in the chamber ready to go at all times? 
Because if so, what is that diet? Right? Is it more fiber? Is it no fiber ever? Uh, is it keto? Is that why everyone on keto is so full of themselves? It's just... They, they're just unassaultable. That's, and literally full of shit. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought for a minute that maybe, you know, instead of doing a therapist, I should quit doing drugs. Right? <laughs> right. And everyone, I mean, we all probably have the same favorite drug in here, right? Yeah, let's all say it together. Ketamine. Oh my God, are we all on the same page? <laughs> Love ketamine. So glad I'm in a room full of people on my fucking level. Um, but yeah, not every weekend. Not every weekend. I am actually smoking more weed these days. Uh, it's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, for me, it's associated with health, right? Because what is the best thing to do when you are high? Right? I'm talking about self-care. I'm talking about reconnecting. The best thing to do in your high? Work out. Boo. Yes, obviously, obviously. I mean, what's the stereotype of a stoner wearing a sweatband, finishing a marathon? <laughs> uh, I actually, I love to work out while high, and I am not the only one. There's an underground band of us. We try not to talk about it too much because get a lot of looks in the gym. Uh, but you guys, like, think about it. You get high and go for a run, you feel so fast. You run so slow, but you feel so fast. Oh my God, like running through the mission becomes like dodging the shit on the sidewalk becomes a video game, not a sad state on our dystopian city. Uh, fucking yoga, oh my God, you guys, yoga high. Like, what is a chakra? I don't know. When I'm high enough, I feel it. It's the only time I fuck with that hippie-ass shit the yoga teacher says at the end of class, right? They'll read off some philosophical bullshit, and usually like, oh, bitch, I'm here to sweat and get skinny. No, I get high, and then I'm like, yes, I feel you. We do need to bring kindness into life, and we have done that by doing yoga. I feel you. I'm a good person. <laughs> and then there's my favorite, absolute favorite, lifting weights while high. Yeah, oh my God, you feel every muscle, right? You feel it burn, you feel it move. Plus, you absolutely lose count. End up doing 30 reps. It's the quickest way to get jacked. Just gotta make sure you lose count on both sides. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna end up real, real unbalanced. Um, it's tough. I, I've been lifting weights for a while. I went to the gym originally to try to build a butt because I was sick of dating white dudes. Uh, it's a weird thing when you go to the gym and try to build a butt because you have to do some weird ass exercises, right? You have to have like the inner confidence to do these thrusty ass exercises in a room full of old men who suddenly materialize the second I get on the floor. <laughs> like I swear they're not in there when I walked in. But you have to have a lack of self-confidence to drive you to the gym in the first place. Yeah. Gotta hit that sweet spot. Um, when you're trying to build a butt, you actually, the squat is not the best exercise. Yeah. The best exercise is something called a hip thrust. I'm going to, I'm going to show you guys. Let's learn a little, if nothing else. Okay. 
Well, that's part of the hip thrust. You got to keep the weight in your heels. So this is good. All right. So what you do with a hip thrust is you get a bench, get a barbell, load it up with 100% to brag, 200 pounds. Thank you. Thank you. Very strong thrusting. Uh, you load it up right on the mons pubis, right? Like personally, uh, this is why I don't shave for the cushion. <laughs> you load it up and then you violently thrust the bar up into the air. And now it's really important that you do it with violence because the anger is what activates the glutes. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, while you're doing that, you try to avoid eye contact with all those old dudes, every single one of them in the gym. Uh, I've actually tried, so to deal with the old dude problem, I've tried staring them down, right? Like, oh, yeah, I would fucking break your dick. You see this? I would break it off. Uh, in real life, they'd probably just slip out. Massive vagina, huge. <laughs> fucking, you know, I used to say like cavernous, but these days I prefer to say palatial. Yeah, yeah, I think it has a nice je ne sais quoi, it's very classy. Uh, it's bullshit though, for so much of my life I was uh, embarrassed about my big vagina. Right? Like, women aren't taught that that's something to brag about. Meanwhile, dudes are walking around like, eh, let me take pictures. No one wants to see a picture of my giant vagina because it's just, the screen's all black. It's, <laughs> can't really see much. Um, but it's a fucking, like, not only is it a double standard, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because if you're a dude and you have a big dick, like, fucking congrats, I guess. That's genetic. Would, would you do? I earned this. <laughs> fucking <laughs> earn this um but yeah so I'm gonna smoke more weed I was for a time period I went like a good couple months did no drugs then realized I should just do different drugs mm, yeah is anyone here fucked with ayahuasca nah have we dabbled with hallucinogenic drugs with psychedelics acid shrooms uh, ayahuasca is similar to those, but it's like if you have ever enjoyed a trip, but wanted to have stomach cramps at the same time, ayahuasca is for you. Um, if you know anything about ayahuasca, you probably know that it makes you puke your fucking face off. Yeah, yeah, because at some point when you do drugs, you don't want them to be fun anymore. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get real with it. But yeah, so I, I decided I would, you know, I'm gonna get real with it. So I fucking did it right. I went out to the woods. I was in a barn. There was a shaman. We laid around in a semicircle. There were drums. There was chanting in a language I don't understand. Spanish. Uh, <laughs> a shaman administered this drink, this tea of the Amazon, right? And I sat back. And I looked deep within myself and I felt the warmth as this great Amazonian vine spread into every inch of my body, right? You have to go deep to find out what your problems are and to bring them up. The throwing up is a metaphor. So I went deep. I went so deep, you guys. And do you know what I found? I found out that I am so shallow, <laughs> so incredibly shallow. Uh, I'm sitting there and they tell you like, if you think of some bummer shit, go there. You think of some scary shit, go there. That's what the plant medicine is for. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna fucking throw up my 
everything I've ever eaten. Oh, I'm going to lose like seven pounds this weekend. It'll be amazing. I'm sitting there and I'm like, what's a bummer? What's a bummer? Ooh, parents, they're going to die one day. Yes, think about that. That sounds like the kind of bummer you are in here for. God, I would look good if I could just get a tan. I have been going to the gym. I think a tan is what I need to make these muscles pop. Ooh, yeah, that would look so good. What in my closet would look best with a tan? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm doing ayahuasca for. Fucking refocus, refocus, okay. Bummers, fucking bummers. Wars, ooh, so many wars. Yemen, Syria, oh my God. Those are huge. Why isn't spray tan technology better (laughs) at this point? It makes no sense. Like some of us are congenitally unable to tan, called the Irish. Like we have, like Amazon knows everything I'm thinking at this point and we don't have a non Oompa Loompa fake tanner. Like capitalism, if it's gonna give us one thing besides a diseased planet, it should be fucking natural ass looking tan. Like there is a marketplace for that and I'm sure we have the science. And then the ayahuasca trip ended and I learned nothing. <laughs> learned absolutely nothing. Uh, I spent a lot of time scribbling down uh, chemical formulas for what was not tanner at all. It's just pure gibberish. I was like, I will learn chemistry in a weekend and I will fucking make this happen. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I did, actually I did learn one thing besides that I'm shallow. I learned that I am a coward. Yes, important thing to know, right? It's about authenticity. Uh, so I actually had a very atypical ayahuasca experience. Most people, they puke their brains out, they shit their bowels out. I was having a great time. I'm sitting back giggling to myself. Everyone around me is puking like they are expelling demons from their body, right? Like it's not a kind puke like when you drink too much vodka, you throw it up in the bathroom, come back rally, right? That shit just flows out of you. This was like like a fucking cat puking up hairballs, everyone around me. I'm sitting back scribbling in a notebook, writing shit down like, oh my God, I'm so funny. Uh, Later it turned out not to be, not to be at all. I like, I wrote the phrase, I thought this was so profound at the time, you guys. I wrote the phrase, life isn't like sex. Sometimes you should participate. So many times and I, felt this phrase. I was like, I'm going to start my own cult off of this. Fucking profound. So I'm sitting back in my reveries, listening to the symphony of everyone puking. And suddenly I hear a scream, like a wild animal scream. And I bolt up and I immediately think, oh shit, it's mountain lions, right? We're in the hills. There's mountain lions. And now normally mountain lions do not attack full grown adult humans right? It happens. And I know this because I have definitely read the Wikipedia page of every mountain lion attack in the past 50 years. Uh, I highly recommend it instead of sleeping. (laughs) Highly. Uh, But these aren't normal fucking adults at the height of their fighting back abilities, right? Because we're told that ideally, if you have to puke, you should try to leave the barn, go off by yourself and return the plant to mother nature. Go puke on a tree. So these are a bunch of fucking like disoriented, uh, weak, puking, crawling around adults. They're bait. They're fucking mountain lion bait. And I realize no one's going to save them. 
except maybe for me, right? So I look out all the windows of this barn and I'm like, fuck, fuck. I see people out there just hunched over, puking. I'm like, oh, I gotta do something, I gotta do something. I need a knife, I need a knife. There's no knives in here, that was probably a good idea, but I really, oh man, I really would like a knife. One of the helpers, because there's a shaman and then there's helpers, comes over uh, and he's like, bro, are you okay? And I'm like, did anyone get attacked by a mountain lion? He goes, bro, did you have a vision? Say no, just anxiety, just anxiety. God damn it, they're all going to get, one person's gonna get killed by a mountain lion. So I'm thinking, what, what do I do? The only weapon I can identify is a 25 pound statue of the Virgin of Guadalupe. <laughs> and her holy aura is forming spikes. And I'm like, look, I've been lifting weights for two years. This is my moment. I'll drag that statue out and I'll just throw it. I'll heave it in the direction of a mountain lion. <laughs> and I'm like, so I go over to the statue and I lift it up. And the helper looks at me like, what the fuck? And I put it down. I'm like, no, he's on ayahuasca. He can't stop me. <laughs> but I really should find my glasses. Really should find my glasses. Start looking for the glasses. As I'm looking, I think like, yo, I don't want to get disemboweled. Yeah. Right? Like I think about what getting attacked by a mountain lion means. And it sounds like a bummer. <laughs> sounds like a real bummer. So at this point, I'm like standing up like I have to help them. Sitting down like, man, they signed a waiver. <laughs> They, we all signed a waiver, standing up like, no, this is, humanity is a community. You have to help them sitting down like, I warned everyone on the hike today that mountain lions exist in this area and like, I'm not going outside the barn. <laughs> Finally, I couldn't find my glasses after four minutes and I was tired. So I went and had more ayahuasca, sat down. Uh, I don't know if the lesson I was supposed to learn that day was that you need to face your fears and be brave and that humanity is a community. But the lesson I learned was definitely, uh, sometimes you just gotta let people die, bro. <laughs> it's a lot, uh, it's a lot chill. I had a lot of fun <laughs> on that ayahuasca. Uh, I don't know if you gave me light, but I think I'm just gonna end it there. But I'm gonna go get the camera so I can take a picture of you because it, it's, um, it's charged up. Will you please tell the Bill Clinton thing? Oh, okay, sure. Okay, life-changing. All right, so I don't know. I've been uh, listening to like a podcast about Bill Clinton. He's kind of in the news because we're rethinking the whole abuse of power thing these days. We don't find it as sexy as we did in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, one thing that really bums me out is the fucking sexism inherent to that whole story, right? Because Monica Lewinsky now, she's like 46 years old, right? She's a grown-ass woman. What do you think happens when she goes to the DMV, right? Anytime anyone encounters her full name, like what's the first thing they think of? What's the first thing you think of when you hear Monica Lewinsky? Blowjob, Blow semen. Can you imagine if you were scarlet lettered with a fucking sex act you performed at 22? Yeah, think about the shit we all did at 22. Meanwhile, Bill Clinton is going around and people are like, I mean, yeah, they joke about it, but mostly other things, right? They're like, oh, peace, oh, good economy in the 90s. And it's crazy to me, partially just because uh, a blowjob is far from the freakiest shit that they got into, right? Like, I didn't realize at this time, but do you know that this 22-year-old intern got the President of the United States of America to eat her ass? 
in the White House, in the Oval Office. And now you seem very unsurprised or unimpressed by this fact, but I need to remind you, she got the president to eat her ass, not now when it's a first date activity, but in the 90s. When like I, the only context in which I had ever heard of eating ass in the 90s was in prison, (laughs) right? Like half of rap at the time was men bragging about the fact that they never sexually satisfied their female partners, (laughs) right? There was a whole lot of, I never go down on a woman. That was a brag, (laughs) let alone eat some ass. And she got the president to take his hand off the nuclear button and chow down. (laughs) What I'm saying is she is a fucking hero, perhaps a pioneer. And if you meet her, you shouldn't think lowly fucking pedestrian ass blowjob. You should think she fucking opened up this culture. She changed America. Her past made our present possible. And fucking God bless Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) All right, thank you guys so much. Give it up for Pam. She did. She did a real headliner set. She did like 23 minutes. That was really funny. I was laughing. I enjoyed your ayahuasca trip. I felt like I was there with you. Yes, ketamine. I'll close it out with one. I'll close it out with one joke that involves ketamine and other jo- and other drugs. And and you mentioned it too. I love alcohol. I'm glad you love alcohol. I love weed too. I'm very nervous about the politics in our time and and feminism and thing because they're, you know, uh, they're trying to roll back our our rights, right? Our female rights. Like, I am 44 years old. I should not have a baby. And if America, if you force me to have a baby, wow, you're making a mistake. I'm going to need to buy some things. I'm going to need to buy some new tools so I can drill some holes in my boyfriend's trunk while we're drinking at the bar. <laughs> Because I can't afford a nanny. Like, I am the nanny. I hang out with other people's children for money. I can't afford a child. They don't give you money when you have your own child. Don't make me have a kid. Crazy people. You put the baby in the trunk with a sleeping bag and you drill holes in it. That's safe. That's safe, right? If, the, if, if America, if you make me have a baby, it's going to be like four years old and it's still going to have to be on those like leashes, you know? It's like, like, uh, like running into traffic. Like, I want to kill myself i'm like no get over here you're gonna run to the you know kids are good because they run to the beer for run to the they run to the fridge for a beer for you finally it turns seven it's been held back it's in first grade or whatever and then i get called in for one of those teacher conferences and uh they're like uh hey uh, miss benjamin your child said that you love alcohol more than it. And I'm like, this is a coffee cup filled with whiskey. (laughs) I didn't want this kid, you stupid bitch. Why do I have? You know what happens? It turns 11 and it starts doing ketamine. And I'm like, who's your dealer? We can finally be friends. We can go to Burning Man together. We can hang out. We can get to know one another. It's going to be rad. And at 15... It teaches me just the most wonderful pro tip, you know. If you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. <laughs> From the mouths of babes! It, this child finally turns 17 and dies, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's one of those speedball things. It's a cocaine heroin overdose straight to the vein, and I'm like, wow, 17 years. 
17 years. That's a 17-year late-term abortion. <laughs> that is the latest late-term abortion you can possibly have. It was your choice, America, to put it through rehab four times. I didn't want it in the first place. Okay, that's my, that's my, that's my, that's my joke about abortion. Yay! Yay! Don't, don't, don't force women's family planning, America. They can make their own decisions. Yay, I like to drink. Thank you guys for making the decision to be here tonight. You two are real audience members that stayed the whole time. You know, the three, I have no idea where the ladies come, came from. They eventbrite it even. They even bought their tickets ahead of time. I'm like, how did you, what did you see this on? Like, is my marketing actually working? That doesn't make sense. Like, what does that mean? I don't really, I just a Facebook. I don't know what marketing is. Now I'm doing Instagram. I tagged everybody tonight and I did the things and I've been trying with the stuff. I hate the thank you for the, I, I'm really telling you Instagram is the devil. All of it is. And I'm just like, oh, look, now I'm in it. Like, I am part of Instagram. It is so sad, though, when you scroll. And I really do feel like oh, everyone else is having so much fun. But we had fun tonight, right? Yay! We looked like we were having fun. So fuck them. Um, again, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, David Zunzu, for running the ones and twos. Thank you, Jonathan, for running the door. Thank you guys all for being here and com com competing. That's the dumbest <laughs> words. Com Comedying, being funny. Um, I have pop food for everybody, so don't leave without that. And uh, have a good night. Bye. Without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. 
It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Benders brings you face melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. (laughs) All on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, Oh, you can can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. Tune in radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, that kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and I'm giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, 
there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Mutiny Radio listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout, drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of. Oh, hi. Hey, what's up? I'm sorry, I just really fucked up because yesterday my psychic told me to watch out for a guy named Marty. I was like, I don't know any Martys, but he's just like, I'm switching on the lineup. Hi, I'm Marty. (laughs) 
and I'm like, hi, I'm stoned. Welcome to Cottonmouth Karaoke. <laughs> Is there going to be backup music, or am I doing this a cappella? Uh,
Thank you. Welcome to the show. It's, I'm Rebecca Rush. It is wonderful to be here. Uh, last night, I've been in San Francisco a few days. I live in New York. And last night, I got thrown up on a show last minute. And we have CBD in New York, but it isn't real. There's no actual CBD in it, which I didn't learn until my cramps gummies kicked in. And I went and got on stage, and they're like, give it up for Ruby Rush. Oh, and also, before that, a girl in the green room was named Aviva. You never hear about new girls named Aviva, but that was my name when I was an escort. So, <laughs> so my edible kicks in. This was last night. And then there's Aviva. So part of my brain is like, Aviva was fun. And then they're like, Ruby Rush. And then like Ruby Rush did comedy. And I was just like high in the corner. But Ruby Rush sounds like tall. You know, like she sounds fancy. I 